Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Animarisms. That big sigh there that you just heard, that was because, once again, I've recorded this episode, like, four times. Or more. (laughs) And I, in the process of doing that, I made a decision that that's how I'm going to do this from now on. That I'm going to just keep recording until the right thing comes to the surface. And the funny thing is that once again, I had a topic prepared, but it just wasn't right. And I think that might just be how this podcast goes from now on, (laughs) that I just never actually know what I'm going to be talking about until I get on. And I'm going to trust that. I'm going to run with it. And as I was recording these, the last time I finished, I didn't like it. I exited out of it. I, you know... Tried to clear my head, get back to center, back to focus. And the word that came up to me was commitment. The second word being decision. So many people around me right now, clients, non-clients, friends, so many people have specific decisions to make. Decisions that they know they need to make. Decisions that I can look at them and be like, I know exactly which decision you need to make, idiot, you know, lovingly. (laughs) Um, I can say that to myself sometimes too. But they know the decision they need to make. They know what they need to do in order to get where they want to go. They have the tools they need to make that happen. And yet, as many times as they claim to have made the decision... They always go back and go back and forth and go back and forth and go back and forth and go back and forth. Five steps forward, five steps back. The reality for those people is that they've never actually made a decision. And the reality for those people is that it's much more comfortable being where they are than it is to make a decision and do something different. We've all been there. It's not, you know, it's not poking fun at any one person. There are so many people in my life experiencing this same thing right now. And I've experienced it. I I don't know a single person who hasn't experienced it at least once. Because there's something comfortable about where you are, right? Your ego, your sweet, precious ego that wants to keep you safe. That's all your ego wants, right? Your ego is a child clutching a flower because it loves the flower and literally killing it because it's loving it too hard. Your ego is the helicopter parent that is trying to love you and really kind of failing, right? Because it won't set you free. Your ego is looking at your life now and looking at what the future could hold if you make the decision. And it's like, no, no, because if we stay here, I know what to do. I know what to do in order to keep you safe. And, and I, I, I can control this. I've got this. Leave it alone. Just stay here, please. It's safer. It's safer. I promise. Please stay here. And your ego is freaking out, right? A lot of people look at the ego and they, they talk about how bad the ego is, how the ego is evil and the ego like hates you and the ego is, you know, yada, yada, yada. The ego is such a beautiful part of our experience in this 3D realm 
Because when we're little, right, and we come into these families, we, we, we're born, we know exactly why we're coming here, we have a mission, we know what that mission is, we know who we are, we are so secure in who we are, and we come to these families who, oh, they love us to pieces, right? But these families have ideas of who we're supposed to be, of who we are. They have these ideas of how society is supposed to function and how people are supposed to act and behave. And, and they have ideas about how they are supposed to behave. And we come into this world like just joyous. Have you ever seen the look on a child's face, the way they just literally light up a room? Everybody is, is just joyful and in awe when they come in because, and, and here's why. It's not just biological, guys. I swear it's not. It is so spiritual and energetic because that child knows who he or she is. That child is embodying not just this physical body, but the fullness of who they are. And that is why we love them so much. Because we see them for all that they are in those moments. And it's impossible not to love them because they love themselves so fully and so completely, right? But then, as they get a little bit older, they start to do things that conflict with our ideas of what life is supposed to be like. Especially, you know, in, in generations past, where children were supposed to be seen and not heard, where um, children are just supposed to obey orders and follow rules or get spankings. You know, um, so many of us grew up under those types of conditions and not because our parents didn't absolutely love us, but because they had an idea of what society is supposed to look like and what's expected of us in society. And they have to raise members of society who are going to, you know, provide for success for society and be productive members. That's the phrase productive members of society. And so they want to mold us and craft us and shape us into these little molds and shells and they don't even realize they're doing it. But what they're doing is they're taking the joy and the love of these beautiful, innocent children and they're just trying to force it into these molds that are too small and don't fit and just absolutely destroying what we are, what they are. And so the ego comes in and the ego sees this happening and the ego watches this happening in horror, right? Because the ego's job is to be connected to the earth, right? The ego's job is, is to be connected to Mother Earth and to tell us, you know, like if there's, if there's danger and to point out like patterns and to help us see different things from an earthly perspective and a physical perspective. And so the ego is watching the spirit being broken and the ego is just horrified by what's happening and it can't stand it and it drives it crazy so at some point usually uh specialists tell us experts tell us that this usually this happens by the age of seven or eight the ego steps forward and it says no fucking more you will not hurt this perfect beautiful spirit anymore no more i won't allow it I'm literally almost in tears as I'm like sharing this. The ego, so the ego steps forward and it says from now on, in order to protect ourselves, we're going to make a mask, a wall, a callus around our entire selves and never again 
will anyone see the trueness of who we are because they aren't allowed to hurt it. They are not allowed to touch it. It's not fair. It's not right. They're not allowed to, right? The ego sees what our families and societies are doing. The spirit, rather, the spirit sees that and says, you know, I get it because you guys are afraid and you don't, you don't understand what you don't know. And you're just trying to make sure that I'm safe and I'm okay. But the ego watches at these small little chips in a child's being and personhood. The ego watches as the little girl dances into the room and the dad, exhausted from work, tells her to stop. She's irritating him. The ego sees how that crushes the little girl's heart. The ego watches as the little boy goes up to his mom and tugs on her sleeve because he wants to tell her some amazing, wonderful thing or that he had a horrible, horrible dream and things are, you know, like bad and he's scared and watches as, as the mother distracted by whatever else is going on in her life. You know, maybe she's struggling in her marriage. Maybe she's having a bad day and, you know, she says, not now, I can't deal with you right now. You know, you're driving me crazy. And the ego shudders in horror as the little boy's heart crumbles. So the ego takes over and it says, no more. This is not going to, I will not allow this to happen any longer. And it steps forward and the ego becomes the steward. And I always like to compare the ego to the steward in the Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the country because that sucks. Terrible, horrible nerd moment that I'm blanking on that. Ministereth, right? And at one point, the steward was an arguably good man. He had flaws, but he was a good man. And when the love of his life was taken from him, he became bitter. And Sauron was able to use that bitterness against him and turn him into this greedy, angry, bitter, ugly man that we see in The Lord of the Rings. And that's kind of what happens to your ego, is it takes over, you can view your spirit, all of you, your, the embodiment of who you are, as the young prince or princess, right? That's waiting to be crowned king or queen. And the ego as the steward that took over to protect you, right? But who, while on the throne, grew greedy and bitter and resentful and distrusting. And instead of the ego just projecting that at the world, the ego now also projects that at you, the real you, your spirit. And so when people say like that the ego is evil, I'm like, you don't understand the ego. The ego has been protecting you since your childhood. The ego breaks when your heart breaks and all it wants to do is protect you. So when you look at where you are versus where you want to be, the ego says, I can protect you here. I know the rules here. This is where I can I, I, I can keep you safe. I can keep your heart from breaking, right? It says, please don't go. Please don't. Please don't. And it, it starts taking over your subconscious minds. It plays dirty 
because it wants to protect you. In the mind of the ego, playing dirty is the only way to protect you. And so it does. It brings up old patterns and old thoughts and old stories and old wounds to try to keep you where you're comfortable, right? But the only way to get what you want is to tell the ego, look, dude, I love you and I appreciate that you're trying to protect me and that's sweet and that's wonderful and you've done such a good freaking job all these years. But the problem is, my dude, like you're out of line because I I am the king or I am the queen. And you, my love, you're not. You're a steward. And so I need you to step down and I need you to advise me. But you got to stop trying to mess up my plans. And then the spirit has to actually go to this new place and experience heartache and disappointment and, and uncertainty and, you know, all these potential dangers without the protection of the mask that the ego provides. And that's what happens, my friends, when you when you are in this place of uncertainty, when you're going back and forth on the, on the decision, when you say you want something but you're not taking action toward it, when you when you hope for a better future but you're not actually using the tools at your disposal in order to get there. That's what's happening. It's a battle. But it's not a battle between enemies. It's a battle between the king or the queen and the steward that got a little greedy with the control. I tell my clients frequently, and, and some people are way more open to hearing this than others, to legitimately sit down and have a conversation with the ego. To say, to, to, to honor the sacrifices that the ego made in order to protect you. To honor the gift that the ego has been thinking it's giving you by protecting you. And then to respectfully tell the ego to step down and move to the side and let you move forward. And when the ego brings things up from the past for you to deal with it. When the ego says, well, what about that time when, you know, you were twirling and your dad said to stop because it was annoying him? To actually deal with that situation and that pain and that trauma. Because when you deal with it, when you heal that hurt, it, it seems so little. But to a child, it's so big, you guys. When you actually heal that hurt, the ego can no longer use it against you. It can't. That's a weapon and no longer in its arsenal. So again, I got on a tangent. Yay. <laughs> but this is what's happening to you, my loves. When you want to change and you just can't seem to make it happen. When you want to commit and you want to make a decision, but you just aren't using the tools that are there for you. And this, I, I, got, I mean, this podcast is a good example of it, guys. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I keep doing things that put me in a place where I don't know what I'm doing, right? I come up with topics. I'm doing all the quote right things, the logical things, the things you're supposed to do. And then when I have to record five or six different episodes to get to the one episode that I'm supposed to be recording and it's something completely off topic and I have no idea where I'm going with it and it just kind of comes and bubbles up as I go along. That's terrifying. And my ego 
is freaking out. My ego is like, what the fuck are you doing, woman? You know, like, you need to have bullet points and you need to know exactly what you're talking about and you need to record this 500,000 times until it is utterly perfect and then maybe you might put it out if you have an audience for it. (laughs) But my spirit says, woman, get on the microphone, press record, go, see where it takes you. Record it however many times you have to record it, but see where it takes you. And that's how you know when the decision is final. When you take five steps and they all seem wrong and you keep going and do it anyway. That's when you know the decision was real. When you keep going, keep going, keep going. I was talking with a client earlier and I was saying, look, like, you know, people always want to change everything all at once. They want to change their diet and their exercise and their spiritual practice and their emotional practice and their relationships. They want to change them all right now. And that's fine. You can change all that at once. But the reality is most of the time you're not going to be able to just go in and completely and utterly change your entire way of life without taking some steps first. The easiest way to do it most of the time is to say, okay, these are all the things I want to do, but I'm going to make sure I do this one today. And then when you've done that one to say, okay, I did this one, so now I'm going to do this one. Okay, now I did that one, and now I'm going to do this one. And now I did that one, and now I'm going to do this one. And instead of making it this big, huge, overwhelming thing where you're trying to do everything all at once, just taking it one freaking step at a time. And the way to get to that point is just to really, truly get honest with yourself. What is it that I want? And what is it that's actually holding me back? Is it some cosmic force that's keeping me from what I want? No, probably not. Or is my ego terrified of where I'm going? Is my ego terrified that I'm going to get hurt? If my ego is then the first task I need to take before anything else is to sit down and have a little talk and to remind the ego that I'm in charge and that she, in my case, she has to do what I say. And I always like to give her a job. So I'll tell her, you know, find like six ways to make money this week or find six possible topics for my next podcast. Um, Or keep an eye out for someone who needs my help. Because she's very good at finding things and she loves doing that. And that gives her a job so she's not occupied with screwing my life up. (laughs) Not that she likes hearing me say that. You have the ability to move past the indecision. You have the ability to move past the non-committal, wishy-washy uncertainty phase but you have to have a conversation with yourself you have to realize what's actually going on and what's actually holding you back you've got to stop blaming other things and other people you can blame your children you can blame your spouse you can blame your mom you can blame your dad all you want but the reality is at the end of the day the responsibility lies with you and your ego might be using the words of your parents And the ego might be using the words of your spouse or your children. 
But the responsibility lies with the ego and the ego alone. And whether or not the spirit has decided to take the throne of your life. Your heart doesn't like getting broken. But you have to be willing for it to break in order for you to truly move forward. You have to be willing to take all the risks associated with that next step. You can have the life you really want, but it might cost something. Not necessarily pain, but it might. it's going to cost the life you're living now. It might cost your spouse. Not because you can't have them, but because they might not want to move along with you. They might want to stay where they are. There might be somebody else out there who is willing to grow with you. It might cost friendships. It might cost your job. It might cost family. I'm going to tell you something. You can live your life in comfort. Even if that comfort is squalor. Because believe me, to the ego, squalor is a lot more comfortable than attempting to find, chase your dreams. It just is. Because the ego knows how to deal with that situation. It doesn't know how to deal with the risks of your dreams. What if you, what if you go after it and you fail? That terrifies the ego. The only way to get what you want is to be willing to risk everything. Everything. To lay it all out on the table and to say, if I lose it, I lose it. If I fail, I fail. But I'm so committed to this that I'm going to keep going until I get it or I die. That's true commitment, by the way. Commitment is not, I'll go until I fail the first time and then I'll go back to where I was comfortable. (laughs) That's not commitment. And that won't get you anywhere. True commitment says, I will go until I die or I succeed. Whatever, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's finding the love of your life. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's becoming a famous actor or actress. Maybe it's becoming an author. Hell, maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's becoming a doctor. Maybe it's becoming a lawyer. Whatever it is. Whatever success means to you. And by the way, it's going to change throughout your life. Or at least it should. Because if it stays the same, then you know you've stayed the same. And staying the same is boring. (laughs) And not what you were meant to do here. You're meant to keep growing constantly. All the time. Be willing to risk it all. Put it all out on the table. And go. Go until you die or you succeed. I promise that if you do that, at some point, if you are truly, truly committed, the universe wants to give you what you want. You're going to get it. It just might not look exactly like you think it will. You have to make friends with your ego first. You have to recognize where your ego is attempting to sabotage you. And you have to heal that relationship and take ownership and responsibility of your life. I love you guys and I will talk with you next week.